Kravitz. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 301. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us on this video today. As I've said before, we have an extremely special show with one of the most famous and accomplished trainers in the history of horse racing. Mr. Aiden O'Brien will be with us in just a few minutes to discuss his Breeders' Cup horses at Santa Anita for 2023. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button at the bottom right hand side of the screen. And after you do that, hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise on our YouTube channel. And please smash that like button. We greatly appreciate that as well. You can follow me on Twitter at hkravitz. You can see that on my name tag. And also feel free to email me scrolling at the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can also listen to this uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have some very exciting Power Picks tip sheet for the Breeders' Cup, which is now available. It's extremely profitable and very inexpensive. Only $20 US. Look below the video player for information about our Breeders' Cup Power Picks tip sheet you'll have to go to our website, hhhracingpodcast.com to purchase those Power Picks tip sheet and also a ton of fantastic information as well. Last thing I'd like to show you before I bring on my wonderful co-host is right here. We have many shows coming up here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Of course, we've already had our international entry show with Davey Lane, which was absolutely fantastic and pre-entries. But this Sunday night, we have our Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge Contest preview with three of the past winners, uh, plus an, another fourth excellent handicapper and contest player. Uh, Monday the 30th, we will react to the post draw. And then Tuesday and Wednesday night, our Friday and Saturday blowout handicapping shows right here on the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel. Please check that out. In addition... Our Benton and Boozen show, we will also have discussions for the early pick five on Friday, Breeders' Cup. The early pick five, Saturday of Breeders' Cup, and also another podcast covering the two-day $1 pick six. So we are covering the Breeders' Cup like a glove here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Let me go ahead and bring on right now a wonderful co-host from the Saratoga Special, and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I have my Breeders' Cup purple on, of course, appropriately. Excellent. Uh, you are ready to go. This I is quite uh, the get for this podcast, <laughs> and we are extremely honored and proud to have Mr. Aiden O'Brien on the show here coming on in just a few minutes to talk about uh, his Breeders' Cup entries. Paul, before we bring him on, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Aiden O'Brien, as if you've been hiding under a rock and people don't know who Aiden O'Brien is, of course, trainer at Bally Doyle and for Coolmore. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk a little about his past history, uh, <coughs> you know, when he grew up, etc., and how he became a, a trainer, etc. And then I'll talk a little bit about his Breeders' Cup specific 
record. So, Paul, give us a little history on Aiden O'Brien. Well, Aiden O'Brien turned uh, 54 last week, so we can wish him a belated happy birthday, Howard. Uh, he was a champion amateur jockey over the jumps in 1993-94. He had his first winner as a trainer uh, in those years. Uh, he was a champion Irish national hunt trainer six straight years. And is in 1996, he was Ireland's youngest champion trainer. In 2001, he was Britain's, uh, England's youngest champion trainer since Vincent O'Brien, no relation, in 1971. And ironically, Vincent O'Brien is the man he replaced at the hallowed, on the hallowed grounds of Bally Doyle. So Aiden's yard, as they call it in Ireland, is Bally Doyle. He went to work there for Coolmore and John Magnier in 1996. And 27 years later, you could argue he's his op. <clears throat> excuse me, his operation has never been stronger. Uh, best I could come up with was 384 group and grade one wins, uh, including in Ireland, England, France, Italy, U.S., Canada, and Australia. Uh, some of those over the jumps uh, early in his career when he was a hunt trainer. Uh, he has won the Epson Derby a record nine times. He's won the Irish Guineas 12 times, the English Guineas 10 times, the Irish Champion Stakes 12 times. Uh, as far as really major races, two Octet Triumphs, two Arlington Millions, Howard, for you. Yes. And one Cox Plate, taking his act all the way to Australia and yeah. in, in winning that. And, you know, we could – we could go on and on and on. In 2012, one of his Epson Derby wins was, was spe extra special with his son, Joseph O'Brien, who's now an accomplished trainer of his own as the jockey on Camelot. So I think U.S. fans probably don't pay attention to him much between December and October, but they always pay attention in November when he shows up at the Breeders' Cup. And I know you're going to talk a little bit about his accomplishments in the Breeders' Cup. Yes, he's very accomplished in many avenues, and he's just an incredible trainer, as you said, just wins all over the world. Uh, but he does focus quite a bit on the Breeders' Cup as well. We're going to be talking to him about that specifically uh, on the show. Just to give a little background on Aiden O'Brien and his Breeders' Cup-specific accomplishments, uh, Aiden O'Brien has 16 Breeders' Cup wins in seven different races, Six of those wins have been in the turf. He is the most uh, accomplished international trainer in the Breeders' Cup. He has the most wins in the Breeders' Cup. He is currently tied for third overall behind D. Wayne Lucas and Bob Baffert. Chad Brown also has 16 wins uh, in the Breeders' Cup. Last year was his most successful Breeders' Cup ever in 2022 at Keeneland. He had three winners, including Meditate in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf, Victoria Road in the Beers Cup uh, Juvenile Turf, and Tuesday in the Philly and Mare Turf. He had an incredible year last year. And get this, Paul, in the Juvenile Turf, he is 5 for 16 overall, 31% strike rate. So when Aiden O'Brien sends horses to the Breeders' Cup, you better pay attention, especially in the turf and the Juvenile Turf. And, Paul, it is not a coincidence that some of his strongest uh, entries coming up in this year's Breeders' Cup are going to be in those two races. Yes, uh, we'll talk to him. He has uh, four potential uh, contenders in the juvenile turf this year. Uh, obviously, he is uh, 
holding a very tough hand in the turf itself with August Rodin, who figures to be the favorite. Uh, he has a few others that are potentials. We'll see if they're coming, Bolshoi, Ballet, or Broom. And the juvenile Phillies turf, a race that he has won only once, uh, opera singer looks uh, looks like the, the very, very formidable in that race. So uh, also interestingly, Howard, and we will talk about this, uh, you mentioned the seven different races. They've come at six different tracks. So it's not like, uh, you know, he's a specialty. Go, he has won six times at Keeneland, which you figure maybe that makes sense but five times at Santa Anita where the Breeders' Cup is this year. So uh, uh, he doesn't need to bring his track with him, as as they say. No. So, Paul, we have Aiden O'Brien waiting in the background. Um, Aiden, if you can hear us, we can see you. And so we're going to be bringing you on here in just a few uh, seconds when he's ready. It looks like he's almost ready there. So we'll get him on here in just a second. But, again, his accomplishments really need no introduction, despite the fact we're giving him a very long, well-deserved introduction i think we all are ready to bring on uh Aiden o'brien so without further ado paul and everyone throughout the world in our hha tracing uh podcast fam we are so proud and happy to bring on simply one of the most famous accomplished trainers in the history of horse racing let's bring him on right now mr Aiden o'brien good afternoon sir and uh, welcome to the hhh racing podcast hey howard how paul how are you aiden how are you today very good, Paul. Thanks. How are you? Good. We really appreciate it. We know this is a busy time of year, and uh, I'm sure the preparations continued this morning. Yes. Yeah, everything going good so far, Paul. So, um, yeah, obviously, we have another few days to go. We're going to fly on Saturday. So, uh, so far, so good. Terrific. Well, Aiden, again, we really do appreciate uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the HHH Racing Podcast, one of the most popular podcasts on YouTube here in the United States. Aiden, I'm going to go ahead and let um, Paul talk first, uh, ask the first question. We're going to have some questions on the bottom of the screen as well, but we will read them uh, to you as well. So uh, the first question, actually, I'm going to go ahead and ask this question, is how important is the Breeders' Cup to you and the Coolmore Ballet Doll operation? Yes, obviously, it's it's, uh, vital, I think, for the whole uh, racing industry. It's kind of like the Olympics of horse racing, the time of the year comes, and um, all the good horses from all the different distances all over the world meet. Um, and obviously, everybody wants to be there. Uh, very prestigious. Um, so it, it's uh, something I think everybody looks forward to every year. Well, I, we already mentioned before you came on, um, Aiden, you have 16 Breeders' Cup wins, which is quite fantastic. You had three wins last year. To what do you attribute your success last year at Keeneland? Um, I'm not sure really, um, Howard, but everything just went well. The horses ran well and um, every one of them that ran, ran really well. So I suppose it was just one of those things, really. Um, sometimes you go racing and nothing works and sometimes you go racing and everything falls into place. And that was just one of those days, really, or one those couple of days. Oh, fantastic. Meditate, uh, Victoria Road and Tuesday. Uh, Paul has the next question. Again, all the questions will be on the bottom of the screen. Paul, go ahead, please. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about Santa Anita. I think in the early days of the Breeders' Cup, there there was some hesitation for the European trainers maybe to go all the way to the West Coast as opposed to Churchill Downs or Belmont when they used to run it at Belmont. Hopefully, it'll be back. Um, 
tell me about and, and you've done very well there with five winners was there a period of time that you were hesitant at all to ship to Santa Anita and is it any different now than shipping to the east coast I don't think so Paul horses really don't mind and I suppose everybody goes where the races are and, and when they have the horses um obviously Breeders Cup is very competitive you just need the good horses to go with um I think Obviously, Santini is is some is somewhere where everybody wants to be. Really, it's a beautiful setting and beautiful weather, you know. So um, I, I don't I don't think that ever. It's it's if you have the horse, you, you will travel, I suppose, really. And uh, it's obviously a bonus when you're flying into good weather from the weather we're used to over here. Does the track itself does it factor into whom you send where it's being held at all? I don't think so, Paul. No, really. If we have the horses. Like your tracks are always very good, very flat, fair tracks. Um, you need pace and you just need good horses, really. Um, like obviously, if you go there with horse under the bar, it's very difficult to win. Uh, racing is very competitive and I think there's an unbelievable atmosphere in, at the Breeders' Cup and, and everybody kind of rises to it, you know. So I, I suppose it's, it's really all about the horses and, and hopefully, hopefully you'll have something good enough to compete, really. Well, we know that you have plenty of good horses to compete in your yard. Aiden, can you talk a little bit about how you prepare horses for Santa Anita spe specifically? It's a tight turn, uh, of course, left-handed turns. I, I am aware that at Ballad Oil, you do have some you know, left-handed turns uh, that you probably gallop your horses over. Can you talk about how you specifically prepare your horses for Santa Anita? Yeah, I suppose, um, well, most horses are left-handed anyway. But by nature, uh, because the minute that a horse is born, the first they're all new, always led left-handed, you know. So most horses find it easier to go left and right. Um, so I suppose um, our horses usually don't have any problem with it. Um, Santini, like I say, you need speed. You you need to be quick and and all the things in in uh, that goes with it. I suppose. Um, and I suppose we kind of train for that kind of a, an environment the whole time anyway. Um, Howard, you know so. Um, it, it usually fits in uh, fairly well. Terrific. Let's talk about some of your uh, Breeders' Cup runners. Now, as as we are filming here, the pre-entries have not been officially announced, but of course you had to enter uh, horses uh, yesterday, Monday, as we're taping this here on Tuesday. We're going to go in order um, of the races, Aiden, starting with the Friday, Future Stars Friday, two-year-old races you have a horse in the juvenile phillies turf that we are assuming is going in opera singer is that correct um no she's not going to go oh uh, she's not going okay. no no she's not um howard uh, we're, we've only one runner in that's a filly called content um okay. opera singer has just had a long season and uh this kind of this time of the year you're never really sure it's, it's kind of day by day and we just felt that it might be a bridge too far for her this year so she's going to be left until next year so we're going to run a filly called content she won at the Cora last time very nicely so that that's the plan for that race at Howard. Can you talk a little about content uh you believe the two turn one mile configuration will work very well for this filly? Yeah she, she's a filly that shows plenty of pace and she likes a, a race when there's plenty of pace in um um, listen, obviously she's out of, she's a Galileo filly out of a good, very good mare called Mecca's Angel. So, um, yeah, we, we think and hope it, it should work for her. And like, obviously like most races, hopefully she has a nice straw and, uh, um, and, uh, like, but she does like to take her time a little bit in her races. So she'll be coming from behind. She's a closer, as we like to say here in the States. Is that correct? I, I think so, uh, Howard. Yes, exactly. I think she'd be taking, relaxing the first part and then she'd be finishing off, hopefully. 
Terrific. Uh, Paul, would you like to bring up the juvenile turf runners perhaps? Yeah. And I think you, there were, you had as many as four potentials. I assume you're not sending four. What's the juvenile turf looking like? Yeah. It's very possible that we could send plenty, Paul. Um, uh, a fit horse called Mountain Bear. He won very easy last time in Dundalk. He could go. River Tiber um, was ran a very good race in Newmarket in the in the middle park last time. And then a horse uh, unquestionable was just beaten in Group One in in France in in his last run. And then Joanne Brams is a Sayuni horse, so he he could go also. Now he's also in the juvenile dirt, and uh, I suppose if he got in and the others were going there, they could go, but. Kind of, I suppose it's going to depend on whether they get in, and then if they, if we think they're going to get in, then we'd be delighted to run them, really, uh, Paul. Paul, did you want to follow up on either one of those horses? Yeah. Uh, did you the, so ahead, the horse that the horse that could go to the juvenile, the other juvenile date in his home. I'm sorry. Uh, for the juvenile dirt, a horse called Johan Brams. Uh, yeah, he's a Sayuni horse, uh, Paul. That he he could. He could go um, for the, the juvenile dirt. Now, they will work, obviously, before they leave the weekend, and we'll see how they are. Uh, unquestionable is a horse that uh, you have as well. Is that a horse you might send over? Yes, yeah. He's okay. a, he, he was just beaten last time in the Prix de Lagadere at Longchamp in France. Um, he's a wooden basset horse. Um, it's every chance he, he, worked, he worked very nicely last weekend, so there's every chance that he could, uh, um, Howard, yes. We just have he some on the bottom of the yep. screen, uh, the unquestionable that was his first run going beyond six furlongs, Aiden. And it seemed like, even though he does have a lot of tactical speed, he seemed to appreciate the extra furlong. I would assume you think he'll be forwardly placed in the juvenile turf, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, hopefully, exactly. He'd be very happy to go forward. Um, the same again if he gets a nice draw, he, like he, he will be hopefully ridden forward, absolutely. Um, Howard, yes. And is Henry Adams out of consideration for that race, Aiden? I, I think so, uh, Paul, yes. Yeah, Henry Adams won't go, we think. He's had two quickish runs as well, and um, so it might be just a little bit too much for him. You mentioned Henry Adams is a bigger horse, Aiden, a larger framed body that has been going seven furlongs for the most part, and you've been um, toying with some blinkers on and off. It looks like he just needs a little maturity, but might be a very nice three-year-old. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, no doubt, Howard. That's why we're taking our time with him. He looks like he's going to be a lovely three-year-old, absolutely. Paul, let's go on to the Philly and Mare uh, turf. Are you entering warm heart, uh, Aiden, in the Philly and Mare turf? Yes, that's the plan. Uh, we're very happy with her. She's won her last two. Um, she's a filly that has plenty of pace, tactical pace, we think. Uh, she's very straightforward, and she seems well at the moment. Again, for people that are uh, watching and listening, thank you very much for joining the show. Some of the names on the bottom of the screen, again, we are filming this on Tuesday, and uh, we were not aware of the official entries, of course, uh, before the interview here with Aiden. So we are having breaking news here from Mr. O'Brien on the entries from his yard in the Breeders' Cup. Warm Heart is, is very talented. Turning back from 12 furlongs to 10 furlongs, Aiden, and of course, it is a little bit of a downhill start at Santa Anita. So it might even play a little bit shorter than those 10 furlongs. Any concern at all with the distance with Warmheart? Yeah, listen, obviously she's going back in trip, but she's she doesn't work like a slow filly. Um, but obviously, then again, you like to have a draw, so you're not too far back. And, you know, and, and obviously the downhill is different. Um, but um, listen, hopefully, uh, listen, obviously you're never sure, but hopefully she's not a filly like... That that's uh, like she hasn't run over a mile, if you know what I mean. Like 
a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half were her trips. But um, yeah, so hope, hopefully uh, she will be okay. She won early in the year at 10 furlongs. And if a horse called in Italian, a very talented horse for Chad Brown, who has a lot of speed, I'm sure you're familiar with her, Aiden, uh, goes to that race, I'm sure Warm Heart will show her usual tactical speed because she breaks well from the gate and also can be a bit forward if necessary, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she'll be tough to beat. And she she will put it up to everybody. She goes all the way, doesn't she, I think, usually. Um, so she's a very good filly. So um, and we will be very conscious and aware of that. And obviously, we would be as forward as we were able to be and, and see what's going to happen then, I think. Terrific. Paul, let's talk about the Turf Classic, Paul. Yes. So uh, we assume our guest Rodin is coming in? Yeah, that's the plan, Paul. Absolutely. So far, so good. Absolutely. And obviously, he won the Irish Champion Stakes. Uh, talk about him a little bit. He's seems like he will probably be the favorite if he does come. Although the race just got a little tougher, right, with Mosh Tadik not running last weekend and opting to wait for this race. Yeah, no, that's good, Paul. It'll it'll make it more competitive. Uh, we're very happy with our horse. He obviously won the two derbies and and the Champion Stakes last time. Uh, he, he gets the trip well and he loves the fast ground and. Uh, like we're very happy with him, so it's it's going to be a good race. Like you said, if 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 uh, if John's horse comes, like he'd be very competitive, very good horse, you know. So um, but we're looking forward to it. Uh, your other two, uh, either of them, maybe coming Broom or Bolshoi Bele. Yeah, I think it's very possible that both could come at the moment. Uh, both seem to be well. Uh, Bolshoi, we're very happy with him since his last run, and Broom seems to have come out of Ascot well. So there's every chance that he could go. Because Bolshoi uh, was a very important horse, and if I got you that elusive Saratoga win uh, this year, with, uh, yeah. which I saw the sword dancer. I know it's a race that you've come to many times and had some tough beats, and it had to be nice to to have it come together that day. Yeah, absolutely. We were delighted with him. Um, he was very impressive, probably the most impressive run ever from, from him. Uh, Johnny gave him a great ride. Um, and uh, we always thought like he was a very good horse, but... Like obviously we hadn't uh, got it out of him until now, but uh, like we were really delighted with his last run. He ran and I want to I want to touch a little back on Augusta Rodin, who's had an unbelievable year, three Group One victories, Group One uh, last year. Talk about what makes this horse so special. I suppose he, he was always very natural. Uh, he's he's a very good mover. He, he loves fast ground. He, he loves pace on in front of him. Uh, I suppose he's a natural athlete, really, and um, very. Um, straightforward to train, um, you know, and, and uh, he's done very well as the year went on and he's had a little bit of a time a run into this race and we've been very happy with everything he's been doing uh, since. And are you very confident that if he's in behind horses in a tight spot uh, that he can quicken that last furlong as necessary? I've watched many of his races. He seems like a very athletic sort. Yeah, he is, yeah, usually, uh, obviously, Everyone has to have look and running in, in a race, but he, he looks very straightforward. Horse, all we always thought he was, he'd follow the pace and he'll quicken. He doesn't kill himself when he gets there, but that's the way he's always been. But, um, no, he, he seems to be always very off handed, really. Wonderful. Uh, Paul, should we talk about the last two questions we have for Aiden? And again, uh, Aiden, we really do appreciate you coming on. Paul, did you want to add something? Yeah, just one more thing on the turf. It, it, it seems like the European three-year-olds fare much better in this race than the U.S. Eight European three-year-olds have won the turf, only two U.S. horses. I suspect that's perhaps a result of a more demanding campaign as three-year-olds on turf over there than we may have over here. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, no, that's, that's possible, Paul. Like, I suppose they, they probably run at a very high level from midsummer on here, and they're probably very hard and tough and hardened uh, come this time of the year. Um, but usually only the good ones come as well, Paul. So um, I, I think that's probably it. And the, like the, unless you're kind of top of the bar here, they usually don't come and, and challenge because, like I said, it's very competitive, very difficult to win, really. I, I, w- I would imagine, Paul, really. And we have two more questions for you on bottom of the screen. The first question, and I'm sure this is difficult. It's sort of like asking someone who is your favorite uh, child, son, or daughter. But which horse do you give the best chance to win at this year's Breeders' Cup? Yes, I, I'm not sure about that, Howard. It's, it's difficult. There's a lot of chances there. Um, like, obviously, the, the horse that will capture, capture everyone's imagination will be Augustus Rodan. He's, he's a dual derby winner. He's a champion stakes winner. Like that's a very serious horse, really, um, to to be breeding. Um, like very few three-year-olds do that, um, and and he's done it. And the farm of 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 his Irish Champion Stakes has really really worked out. The horse that won the Irish Champion Stakes, um, uh, the horse was fourth in the Irish Champion Stakes, won the English Champion Stakes, and we ran Broom in the Irish Champion Stakes. He finished sixth, and he, in 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 Ireland, and then he finished. Uh, fourth in England and beating the very same distances, so the the farmer race really stuck up, stuck up, you know. So I would imagine he's probably the horse that everyone will be uh, focusing on uh, mostly. Uh, Howard. Well, the Breeders' Cup turf is going to be an outstanding race. Possibly King of Steel going as well as Musadaf will be going. So that will be uh, Onesto as well. That'll be quite the race. Paul, you want to ask a question? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, any thoughts on that Ascot race for Augusto Rodin? Just just an off day. That was it. The condition. Uh... Yeah, I, I think a whole lot of things just stacked up against him, and Ryan accepted it very early, kind of even before halfway, and he just took him out of the race. So, um, listen, it, it was Ryan just felt it was gone wrong, and uh, he he put the horse uh, first, and he didn't take any chance, you know. So he, he pulled him out of the race very early, you know. So um, and and obviously it was the right thing because the way he came back, you know. So um. Yeah, I think it was just one of those things that everything went wrong. And, and rather than forcing him on and, and turn it into a complete disaster, he took him out of the race, Paul, I think, really. So we will draw a line through that, as the handicappers say. Aiden. We'll draw a line through that race. I, I think so, Paul. I think that's probably the right thing to do. Yes, yeah. Uh, Paul, you're going to go ahead and ask the last question of Aiden. Aiden, we would be completely remiss if we did not ask a question about this super talented Justify cult. Paul? City of Troy is the talk of the two-year-old town for sure, Aiden. Uh, I know it's not a race you typically point to, but is the is there any possibility that as his three-year-old campaign develops, Churchill Downs on the first Saturday in May might be in his plans? Yeah, I think it probably probably not, Paul. I'd imagine the way the lads are talking. I, I would imagine he, he would probably start in the Guineas here, and if that went well, then he could go to the Derby, the, and and then. If that went well, then you could see him. Um, like after that, I wouldn't be surprised if the lads took him over to America for the dirt. You know, so um, um, like he could run in a race like in Saratoga. Um, what uh, was the mile and a quarter race in Saratoga? Um, you know, the um, Woodward or the uh, Suburban? No, another one. Um, the group is oh, the, the Travis, the Travis, three year old. Yeah, the Travis. Yeah, yeah. of course, so the let's, Travis. Let's, yeah, listen, it, it, something like that could happen, but but it's all those things are a long ways away, Paul. But I would imagine at the moment, listening to the lads, they'll they'll want them trained for the Guineas first, and then we'll go on from there, take one race at a time, I suppose. 
Boy, it's hard to get me any more excited about the Travers, Aiden, but I think you just did it. <laughs> and and uh, make sure to send uh, uh, my good friend T.J. Comerford, Aiden, who I have a pleasure of seeing at Saratoga. Obviously, does a wonderful job for you, and is just a terrific guy. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I'll tell him that. He's, he's in Australia at the moment. He's uh, getting ready for the Cox's place, so he, he, he travels a lot. He's the best. He's yeah. really good. Yeah, well, yeah. Aiden, we, we really do appreciate your time once again for coming on to the HHH uh, Racing Podcast. And we look forward to seeing you in person in just over a week at Santa Anita. Good luck in this year's Breeders' Cup Safe Travels. Cheers. Appreciate it, Howard. Appreciate it, Thanks, Paul. Aiden. Thank, Thank you. you. Take Thanks, care. Paul. Much Thanks, appreciate it. Thank you, lads. Bye-bye. 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 All righty. Aiden O'Brien, fantastic trainer. Really appreciate him giving time. Now, as we're filming this over Tuesday, this is quite breaking news. When people watch or listen to this at home, the breaking news of opera singer not going to the juvenile Phillies turf will already be known. But as we're learning this firsthand, I'm quite surprised. I'm sure that the uh, connections are doing the right thing by the horse. But that horse, from a pure handicapping or punting standpoint, Paul, was going to be one of my uh, favorite bets on the day this Friday. I think that opens up the juvenile Phillies turf quite a bit. Of course, we don't know what other Europeans are going to be in that race as of this taping. Yeah, she she would have been, I think, one of the uh, biggest favorites of the entire weekend. Uh you know, not the biggest, but one of the biggest. And, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's also interesting that with four juvenile uh, males, he, he's thinking maybe one of them might go to the dirt. That would be – he we, we should have followed up on that. He has won that race. One of his Ju- uh, Breeders' Cup wins, he won the juvenile with Johannesburg at beautiful Belmont Park in 2001. I believe that was the – That is correct. That was the surreal Breeders' Cup, which took place about wow. six weeks, uh, two months after yes. uh, 9-11 uh, with the snipers on the roof and uh, a <laughs> little unsettling as you walked into yes. beautiful Belmont Park and saw the snipers standing on that expanse of roof. But uh, yes. Tis uh, now for America over Saki. Yeah. Yes. But that was great. Uh, that's uh, – I, I, Howard, that's – your podcast has gone to a new level as of this minute. So well, our job. podcast, Paul, I couldn't do it without you, my friend, and many other, and Pete Visco and our great Ben and Boozen uh, crew. I really appreciate uh, Aiden coming on, and we hope everyone at home who's watching uh, and listening will appreciate the comments. Because one thing about Aiden O'Brien as we close the show, Paul, and you mentioned this to me off air, the European trainers are very straightforward in their comments. Sometimes the American trainers sort of, you know, a hem and haw, and they don't give us sort of the full scoop. Aiden O'Brien, very uh, honest man, and told us exactly how um, he feels about his yard, which is extremely important as handicappers and punters. Absolutely. And uh, (laughs) when he calls a horse a very serious horse out, I'm (laughs) I'm going to take... I'm going to take that to mean that Augusto Dan is pretty damn good for yes. him to call him. And I got to tell you, Howard, I cannot be, I will not stop thinking about next year's Travis now that he said oh, the that... city of Troy could be on the, could be, a, I wasn't even thinking, I forgot he was a three-year-old next year. That's right. why I didn't come up with the Travis right away. That would just be, that would be something. It's a long way off, but way I need off. these. I need these little carrots to get me through, and that was that would be pretty good. That of would course. be pretty good. 
Well, we thank everyone for watching and listening to episode 301 of the HHH Racing Podcast with our special interview with the extremely talented, famous, and accomplished trainer from Ireland, Mr. Aiden O'Brien. Please make sure, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the broadcast, you check out our Power Picks tip sheet below the video player for the Breeders' Cup. And also, we have a tremendous amount of shows here uh, coming up for the Breeders' Cup on the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel. Please hit that subscribe button again on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. We really do appreciate your support. For our wonderful co-host, Paul Howard, and this has been Howard Kravitz, and episode 301 of the HHH Racing Podcast, as we like to say at the end of our shows, crush your bets at the Breeders' Cup. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.